So with that in mind, would you please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We've got a little bit of time left. Ephesians 1. I'm going to read something to you out of the Message Translation. It's actually two verses, Michael. I, I see 11 and 12. Oh, I think I gave you 11 and 12. <clears throat> I want to show you now, before we go to the Scripture, last week, I believe the Lord wanted me to teach and preach along the lines of, Why are you here? And I don't mean just in the chair in the church today, but why are you here in this whole universe around you, going around and planets and galaxies spinning? And why are you here? I mean, this is a pretty big deal. You stand out there in the night sky and you look up and you go, man, they don't, still don't have the ability to see the end of this. I mean, there are millions of planets in one galaxy and there's millions and millions of galaxies. I mean, they, it's just, why are you here? This is a really good question. There is a powerful, divine, kingdom reason why everybody in the sound of my voice has been born and is here. No matter how you got here, no matter if the circumstances were perfect or not, God told man to be fruitful and multiply because he wanted you, he's pleased with you, he wanted a family, and you're a part of it. It doesn't, I mean, you may have got here the perfect way. You may have got here the imperfect way. doesn't matter. God said for man, to be, man and wife to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the number one reason, you're, no matter how you got here, you are here because God the Father wanted you. People say, well, you, you were an accident. We weren't planning on you. Well, God was planning on you and you are not an accident. You are here for such a time as this. You are here because the creator of all things loves you, wanted a family, and you're right in the middle of it. Even Paul was preaching to unsaved people and said, don't you realize that mankind is all the offspring of God? That doesn't mean everybody's a child of God until they're born again. But we're here because God's original plan was man and wife be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So Ephesians chapter 1, this is where it all starts. Verse 11 and 12 out of the message translation. If you wondered why you're here, look at this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Where is it? In Christ. It kind of, don't read more, it kind of reminds me of the scripture in Proverbs that says, the reverential fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowing anything. <laughs> I mean, you can have degrees in this and degrees in that and doctorates over here and doctorates over there. But if you don't know the Lord, if, you're don't, if you don't acknowledge Him, you know Zippo when it comes to what life is really all about beyond this 80, 90, 100 years on the earth. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And this scripture says, in Christ, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, not just existing. Fooey on existing. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. 
So until you're in Christ, you don't know why you're here. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what your purpose is. But if you're in Christ, you have just stepped into the number one reason you are existing, or, or excuse me, you are breathing today. This is it. it all, it's all connected to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And His connection with the Father that He brings you into. So Revelation 4.11, we went over this last week, but Revelation 4.11 says that God created everything for His pleasure. And other translations say He created everything, including you, because He wanted you. Say, I'm wanted. <laughs> In the good sense. You are wanted. You are needed and you are loved and you're part of a family. And the Lord wants you to, to understand that you're not an inconvenience. All right, you got that? Jeremiah 29, 11, powerful scripture. Why are you here? The Bible says God's plans for His people, everybody say God's plan, God's plan. is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. You want to know why you're here? Because you're wanted. God's pleased with you. You're part of, you, he wants you in his family. He wants you to be forever. Now, when, when man sinned and Adam messed up, we were, we were separated from the family of God. But you can be born again today and come back into the family of God. Hmm? And have a divine, glorious life and an amazing purpose. But here it says, we're here because we got a plan to fulfill. Oh, aren't you glad you got a plan to fulfill? You don't have to dream it up either. God's already got it laid out. All you got to do is choose to believe that it's way better than your pea brain plan, right? And realize His ways are higher, greater. He's got a plan. What is that plan? Well, it includes prosperity. So if you get hooked up with the real reason you're here, you're going to prosper. That means you're going to succeed. That means what you do isn't going to fail. You're going to have lasting results. God's plan for your life is to prosper you. And don't think getting a lot of money is prosperity. That doesn't mean you're successful. It just means you got a lot of money. <laughs> right? God's plan is to prosper. Nothing wrong with having a lot of money, but who, how many more suicides do we need to hear about of celebrities and wealthy people before we realize having all the money in the world is not going to satisfy you? True prosperity, true success is being right with God on the inside through faith in Jesus and not having that two-ton weight on your back anymore as you're trying to exist until you die. So God's plan for your life is success, it's freedom from harm, and it's a hopeful, a full of hope future. Do you understand that, church? Now... We're done with review. I'm going to share some things with you now for the last few minutes that is totally connected with what Carla, Rich, and Rachel just shared and a few other things I'm going to share. Mark 16. Why are you here, church? Why art thou here? People think, well, you know, I'm going to get a good job and make a lot of money and and uh, go to work and go on a few vacations and wake up in the morning, make a lot of money, come home, watch TV, go to bed, wake up in the morning, go to work, make money, come home, watch TV, go to bed, wake up, go to work, make some money, maybe go on another vacation or two. 
Right? Wake up in the morning. Friend, that's called existing. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it overflowing. So many people are existing today and they're missing life more abundantly because they haven't been taught, I guess. They've been preached to by the world more than the church. And it's just wrong to see people going around in circles, living their whole life, dying and never entering into the first phase of the plan of God for their life. Oh, sure, they might be born again. Sure, they might end up in heaven. But, man, I realized a long time ago, just going to heaven is not the goal of the Christian. The Bible talks about rewards in heaven. The Bible talks about awesome ceremonies in heaven. Things that are going to happen because of what we did on the earth. Things that we do right now can be snuffed out when we're gone or they can last forever. Anything we do for the Lord and for His church, for His kingdom, anything we do for Him has eternal significance attached to it. Every penny we've invested in the work of God is going to last forever and is going to be talked about forever. A lot of what people are doing is going to be forgotten two hours after they're gone. Man, Jesus said the only thing you can take with you to heaven is the good works you did for the Lord while you're on the earth. We all heard the saying that never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul because you can't take anything in this world with you except the works you did for the Lord will follow you, the Bible says, into heaven. Things you did for Him, for His people, will follow you into heaven and last forever. Your good deeds and benevolence will last forever, especially if they are connected with the Lord. So Mark 16, look at verse 15. What is our present priority. We already got the fact established. We're here because we're wanted by the creator of the universe. And if anybody's got a problem with you being here, they need to talk to the one who wanted you here. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I got a problem with you being Well, you need to talk to the creator of the universe because he wanted me here and he's pleased that I'm here. Lord. Now listen, church. He, he may not be pleased with everything you do, but he's pleased with you. You need to get that straight. That'll help your doing to be better, to realize you're already accepted no matter how well you perform in life. You're accepted in the beloved if you're a believer already. That was his work, not yours. You didn't impress God. He'd go, oh, wow, you're amazing. I'll accept you. His son, Jesus, impressed him. And if you're in Christ, you're accepted just like Jesus is accepted. All right? So he may not be pleased with what you do, but he is pleased with you. Now, a lot of these things we're going to talk about, he'll not only be pleased with you, he'll be pleased with what you're doing, too. How many want to be pleased with both? You and what you do. Well, in Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus, some of his last words before he physically left the earth and ascended to heaven, he said unto his disciples, Go you into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. The good news of him dying, rising from the dead, and if people believe in Jesus, they'll not perish but have everlasting life. The word world in this verse, in the Greek, is pronounced cosmos. He's not talking about terra firma. He's not talking about geographical locations. He's not talking about the dirt. 
If you look up the word in the Greek, it's cosmos, and he's talking about an orderly arrangement of people. Social systems. That's the word in the Greek. And the devil wants, to, wants people, he wants the church and its influence staying in the four walls of the church. While he infiltrates all these social systems around us with his doctrine and his influence. Well... Praise God for what happens in these four walls. But a lot of what happens in these four walls is supposed to be equipping us to be a powerful influence beyond these four walls. Did you know you don't go to church to be entertained? Entertaining won't help you in the evil day and it won't help the people you're ministering to in their evil day. But Bible, Holy Spirit equipping will help you greatly. Oh, we've seen it in our church. We've seen people get bad doctor's reports, bad reports from this, bad reports from that. And because they were equipped, they overcame. They knew what to do in the evil day. See, entertainment won't do that for you. But equipping will help you overcome when the bad reports come. When the challenges of life hit you upside the face and you didn't even know what happened. If you were equipped, you're going to overcome. Amen. That's why we're here. We're not here to entertain. We're, the, whole, the whole Faith Heights Bible College is to equip people in a deeper way so they can walk in victory and fulfill the will of God for their life. If it's full-time ministry, if it's just being an influence. See, some people need to get this out of their mind that you're, you're only a full-time minister if you're asked to preach behind the pulpit. Christianity is a ministry. And if you're a Christian, you're a full-time minister wherever you're at. And this scripture, you know, people think go to all the world. Africa, Asia, India, right? That's not what this verse means. Now, if God calls you to one of those regions, He's not calling you to Africa. He's calling you to people. Yes. Are you listening to me? And if, if He lays that on your heart and they open up your, they unlock your compassion, yield, pray, talk to the leaders of the church and be sent out properly and you'll be a blessing. Yes. But the word here is talking about the social system all around us. Now, there was a, a, a guy and there's two men, I forget the other guy's name, Dorsey, but Bill Bright and... Say that again. Lance Welt. Wall now? Yeah. The, okay, is that right? These two guys, it's kind of interesting. They were seeking the Lord about why the world was being taken over by secular humanism and the church influence is not what it could be in the world around us. And they did, it, they did some praying. They sought the Lord. And they came up with these seven mountains Seven parts of our society in every country and every place that are around us all right now. All of us are involved in these high level things right now. We're already in these areas of influence. And really, I believe that's what the Lord was talking about here. Go into these areas where people congregate, where certain uh, common denominators are, are projected. And this is what the Lord's talking about. And realize it or not, you're already in the world. That he's talking about here. You're already in the world. But the question is, what's your influence? What are people being influenced by your life in that area of this world? 
Now, the, the seven mountains are these, basically. And I probably should have put this on the screen, but the seven mountains that are around us right now where we need to be influential for Jesus, where He's going to empower us to actually make a difference. Now, guys, it's, it's a little sad, but I, I refuse to stay sad about this because we're going to do something about it. It's a little sad to see the devil is already greatly influencing these seven areas. Oh, my goodness. He didn't wait. I mean, he jumped on this thing as soon as he could. And there is tremendous evil influence in all these seven areas around us right now. These areas need us big time, equipped and going back into these areas and being a powerful influence for Jesus in these areas before it's too late. And that's what we're here for. That's what a lot of these changes are all about. To help equip you to do your part in the church and to reach out with influence into these seven areas around us before it's too late. A lot of people need help. We got the answer. Oh my goodness, we got the answer. (laughs) Amen. And a lot of it, you say, well, I'm not a preacher. Listen, understand this. You need to go into these areas you're already in. Hmm? And you need to preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Matter of fact, no one's going to want to hear a sermon. If your life is a constant mess and you're constantly complaining and you're constantly dragging. Right? So you know what the Lord told me? He said, son, tell the people I'm going to send them into their areas of influence with health and strength and lots of money if they'll listen to me and let this church help equip them in those areas. Now, does anybody like health? Health. Strength. Lots of money. Then you're in the right place. Because the Lord's not going to talk to us about going out there and being an influence and being on bottom ourselves. Hmm? Peace. You can have so much peace of God in your life that people are asking you, what is it about you? What? We're supposed to be answering people while they're prompted to ask us a reason of the hope that's in us. Paul said, I want your profiting to appear to all. I'm quoting 1 Timothy chapter 4. Meditate on these things. Give yourself completely to them, believer, that your profiting may appear to everybody around you. God wants to make you and me a sign and a wonder. He wants to do things for us in our lives. Everything from being saved, sins forgiven, peace of God, no more condemnation, strength, health, miracles, prosperity. He wants to pour so much into us that the people around us in these seven areas want what we got. Deuteronomy 28 verse 10 says, I want to bless you, God said. I'm going to bless you in the city, bless you in the field, bless you when you come in, bless you when you go out. I'm going to bless you with plenteous and goods and fruit of your body. Your children are going to be amazing that all nations may see. You are called by the name of the Lord your God and they will reverence us. King James says they will fear us. Hmm? One of the things the devil hates is when the gospel becomes visible. Uh, Don't get me wrong. He hates preaching. He hates teaching. But he really hates manifestations of the goodness of God in people's lives. It totally wrecks havoc on the devil's kingdom. Because let's face it, you can argue doctrine. Right? Till the cows come home. 
But you can't argue victory. You can't argue, I'm doing better than I've ever done. That's why we want to get these cards into your hands with these business card holders and attach them to your cell phone. And as you hand them to the people and you give them a card, an invitation to the church, you can say, I want to invite you to a church that's changed my life. Awesome. And it's real. I sense the Spirit of God said, Son, it's time to up it. We've got to get my people equipped. We've got to get them equipped with the Word. We've got to get them equipped with the gifts that I've given them. We've got to get them equipped with prosperity. We've got to get them equipped with miracles. And Now, don't get me wrong. You can start right now before your miracle ever manifests, before your healing ever shows up. There's something you can do to influence the people you're presently around. And let's just keep growing and keep coming up in these areas of influence. And I'm telling you, we can, we can kick the enemy out of some of these areas if we'll take this seriously, especially in our valley. And see, we're focused on the valley. Because this is our, we realize this is our calling right now. Some of you are going to be touching beyond the valley, but your home base is going to be here. And I guess if we're faithful with this valley, he'll give us more. So here's the seven areas. Are you ready? The seven areas we can and should have great influence in and start pushing those works of darkness aside with greater you know, results. Family. Families makes up such a big part of our society and our world. Such a foundation for so many things that happen or don't happen. Family. You need to think about the influence of Jesus in this family area. You got family, I got family. Right? Number two, religion. (laughs) Can you see that influence in the world today? Can you see a huge group of people in this religious zone? What does that zone need? Well, it needs Jesus. (laughs) Right? There's a zillion and one religions which all talk about let's ascend up to God, let's climb the ladder, let's move up higher. That's not God. God had to come down to us. And we're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship with the Lord Jesus. And this gospel about relationship, not climbing the ladder, has to get into this area of religion because a lot of these people into religion want to know the truth. But a lot of them are going to have to see it, not just hear it. What did Jesus say? Let your light shine that they may hear. No, that they may see. See. Everybody say see. See. Psalm 67. I believe it's Psalm 67 and verse 2, 1 and 2. It says, Lord, let, Lord, bless us. Lord, cause your face to shine upon us. Do you have that one back there, Michael? Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. He's talking about, Lord, bless us. Help us that. Next verse. Why? That your way may be known upon the earth and your saving health among all nations. This is an interesting prayer. Lord, bless me so they can see. Not bless me so I can just watch more secular TV and do my own thing. No, bless me so I can be a witness. I've experienced something. You, You can argue Oh, man, you could argue, doctor, did Adam have a belly button, you know? Uh, How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Uh, uh, You can argue, doctor, and you can argue this. I don't know if tongues is right or not. What about this? And tithing. You can argue, but you can't argue health. 
strong family. Marriage that made it through hell and now is heaven on earth. Children serving God, coming back to God. Come on, you can argue doctrine, but you can't argue victory. You can't argue health. And the first verse says, Lord, bless us. Have mercy on us. Cause your face to shine upon us. Why? That your way, that your way may be known upon the earth. And you're saving health among all nations. That's important. I think it's good that we go into these areas with some victory. Oh, church, you need to get this revelation. The Lord's telling me to tell you right now. I'm not telling you to go with... He said, excuse me. I am telling you to go into these areas, but I'm not telling you to go without my blessings in your life first. Go where you're at right now because you're going to heaven. You've got a testimony. You've got something good in your life, but that's going to increase. It's going to get so big that even multi-millionaire businessmen are going to want to have the peace you have that they don't have. And they're going to start asking you questions. And you're going to start reaching out to them. And they're going to find the Lord. They're going to come and be hooked up. They're going to find their part in the body and why they're here. Church, there's two things. I have to close here. I know there's two things. And I know I always have next Sunday. <laughs> there's two, two things you're going to hear well done for at the end of this life. Matthew 25, Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The greatest thing you could ever hear when you're out of your body is well done. Right? Well done. Well, there's two things you're going to hear well done for. Number one, how faithful you were in the church that God called you to. Or let me put it this way. How faithful you are in the body of Christ, which is made up of local churches. You'll find in the book of Revelation, the Lord didn't go visiting uh, individuals at that time. He didn't have messages for individuals. He had messages for churches, local churches in Asia. And if you weren't a part of the local church, you missed a ton of what the Spirit was saying to the churches. Your faithfulness in the, your part in the body of Christ, you will, you will or will not hear well done for. Number two, you will hear well done for your influence in these seven areas that we're talking about. So let me finish the list and we'll close. Education is one of these worlds. What's your influence in that area? Are you in that area? The business world. Number four, the business world. The corporate world. That's a huge segment of people that our influence for Jesus needs to be invading. Not being pushy, but attracting with brightness and things they could never get with money. Oh, come on, there are people right now, they'd pay you $10 billion for the peace you have. Don't accept it. Just tell them to give them the offering if they want it, but don't accept it. But lead them to Jesus and they'll have it. Number five, the government area, the political realm. Our influence needs to be there. We've seen some of it and thank God for it. Number six, arts and entertainment. Huge influence on society today. There are some people... They think arts and entertainment is reality. Oh, no. They come to the counselor and say, Oh, no, my husband doesn't treat me like so-and-so. Well, who's so-and-so? That guy on the Hallmark movie. How he treated... Oh, come on, that's not even reality. The guy on the Hallmark movie is not like the guy on the Hallmark movie. They go back to their trailer and they're smoking and they're cussing and they're upset and they've got problems and they've got addictions and they're addicted. 
It's called acting. <laughs> and finally, we know this is a huge, huge area of influence, and that's the media. So if you will stick with us during the next 12 months, you're going to be equipped. I got a ton more to share, but there's always next Sunday.